You can do anything you want in this lifetime. Give yourself permission to unapologetically be the main character and create an extraordinary life full of joy, adventure, and purpose. Because this is what you truly deserve. With love, Susie. Hey, High Achiever, I'm Susie, your podcast host and founder of the Female Leadership Collective. At the Collective, we celebrate women breaking free from the path that society created for them and using their gifts towards making a huge impact in the world and carving their own freedom-based lives. In each episode on this show, I'll be interviewing women who, like me, ditched their impressive careers at some of the world's most powerful companies and boldly stepped out to create their own brands, businesses, cultures, and teams. Hear from women who are at the cutting edge of redefining what it means to be a successful female leader in business. You'll learn how they did it and actionable takeaways on how you can implement their strategies to own your vision, courageously go after it and flourish in your life and business. I left my career at the world's largest investment bank over five years ago, moved to tropical paradise and built my own online business. It wasn't easy, but wow, was it worth it. Now I mentor other female leaders to launch and scale their own online businesses and step into their true paths of freedom. So on the episode today, we are talking all about systems. And as you'll know, I am very systems focused as a coach. I think it's super important to try and automate as much as you can. And for the reason that we're all about building freedom-based businesses here at Female Leadership Collective. So in the world that we live in today, there's so many amazing tech systems that we can use and leverage to automate a lot of things so that you don't have to be spending your time manually doing things each time. So I've brought on Nicola Peters. She is a systems expert. I've actually hired her into my programs to help my clients set up things like their ClickUp. She's absolutely brilliant. And Nicola's story is just super relatable. She used to work in corporate for EY, one of the big four accountancy firms. And she actually set up her business while she was still in her corporate job. So you're going to learn so much from her. We dove deep actually into the early stages of her business, how she got traction, how she got started, And this one's particularly interesting as well for those of you who are thinking about building a business around the skills that you got in corporate, because there are some quite big changes that you do need to make, even if you're still leveraging the same skills as corporate, because the chances are you're not selling into the same client type. So we dive into all of that. And I know that this episode is super actionable, really practical, and I know you're going to get so much out of it. Welcome, Nicola. I am so excited to have you on the show today. And I've been meaning to get you on the show for ages, actually. So it's so exciting that you're finally on. So welcome. Hey, Susie. Thank you so much for having me. I've been so excited for this interview. So I cannot wait to get started. Yes. So let's start from your to give the audience a little bit of context. Um, let's tell the audience a bit more about where you started, because I know that you were um, in corporate, right, at, at the big four. So give the audience a little bit of context around where you started, and then we will um, gradually get into what you're doing now. Yeah, I'd love to. So my story is a little bit of a, an interesting one. So you're right, I used to work at a big four, I used to work at EY, um, and I joined there 
way back in like 2008, something like that. Um, and I actually joined as a secretary. So I used to be, my background is support, um, EA support, and that's what I did for the majority of my career. Um, so in EY, I worked as an executive assistant and I did that predominantly for the most time that I was there, um, working with partners, diary management, coordination, all of the things. And then in 2014, I decided I was going to start a little side hustle. And that became my stationary business that I was running on the side. Um, and I was doing both the, the day job, the nine to five and my side business. Um, and at the time, I was quite bold about sharing what I was doing, whereas nowadays, I think a lot of people in corporate will hide their side businesses or hide their businesses from their job. I didn't do that. I was basically telling everyone and selling at work, which is probably not a best um, practice and I don't recommend. <laughs> um, but it was great because I was just working and um, doing what I loved. But a lot of what I was doing in my business was started to get noticed in my job. And the um, partners that I was working for, they were really seeing how my skills were up-leveling um, and they were seeing that I was actually taking on skills that could support me in other um, roles. And so I started to get more mentoring, more encouragement and support to explore different career options. Um, and so two of the partners that I was working for, they both had operational roles in their teams. Um, one of them, I didn't even understand at the time what he was trying to pitch to me. He um, was essentially starting a new business area in the the se section of the business um, that we was working in. And he wanted me to join. And I just completely shut it down. I just said, I, I don't even know what you're talking about. What What is this? What, what do you want me to do? Um, now I understand what he wanted me to do <laughs> in hindsight. Um, and then the other partner had a very similar role but it would be working alongside the lead um, ops manager in that team. So um, it actually took me a year before I applied for that role um, to have the confidence and to feel like, do I actually have the skills for this role? Um, but when I applied, I got the job. And so my career trans transitioned um, while I was at the Big Four, transitioned into working in operational excellence, OPEX, um, which is essentially, um, team management, project management, um, working with the assurance team and just making sure that the, the audit itself was, you know, working and moving along smoothly. So there's a lot of client interaction, um, a lot of internal processes that we were having to build, um, managing security, managing um, all sorts of moving pieces. Um, and systems was one that I was also put in charge of. Um, by total coincidence, um, you know, ensuring that we had the right accesses and understood what systems we were using for the banks, our banking clients um, and all of those things. So I started to build my skills from an operational standpoint in corporate, but I was able to bring my business skills and knowledge into that role, which was so, so beneficial. Um, but my business taught me a lot about the online systems, the digital systems that other businesses were using. And I could see that, you know, the peers, my business friends, they didn't use systems in their business. They didn't have automation. They didn't, you know, look at other solutions. They were working very old school. And so I just had in the back of my head that I don't know if anyone is doing this, but at some point, 
I'd love to be able to do that and help others with their business and building up systems in their business. Um, and so, yeah, my corporate experience has pretty much been like the the confidence boost, the foundation into what I do now, which is I help um, other businesses, business owners with their operations and implementing systems into their business. Um, so it's been, I'd say, a, probably a six-year journey into that, <laughs> maybe a little bit longer, but it's um, it's been a fun journey to this point. Amazing. I love that. And for everyone listening, so Nicola's been inside of the programs. I've hired Nicola to help uh, my clients set up their ClickUp systems, and she's great. So couldn't speak highly enough of you. Um, I would love to dig into some of the stuff that you were talking about. So I'm curious because it's obviously a really great job that you had. And lots of people will resonate with this, right? Having really great jobs, but actually wanting to run their own business instead. At what point did you, like what made you feel like you wanted to leave the business and set up on your own? What was kind of the driver of that? What was kind of missing for you? Do you know, it's a really, that's a really good question because I actually loved my job. <laughs> and so, there are people who start a business, they hate their job, hate, you know, working the nine to five, and they start this business thinking it's going to, you know, be this savior. I just allowed, I, I really enjoyed my job. It was a really hard decision to make that choice to say, I'm not going to work here anymore. Um, the biggest driver was what are the goals that I have for my life for the future, like going forward? What am I actually trying to create what type of lifestyle am I trying to create and my job did give me a certain degree of flexibility um I worked with some really great inspiring people I got exposed to some amazing opportunities but I also knew you know when you're sitting at your desk and you're looking out of the office window you're just like I know there's another big world out there and there's other things to explore so I would say it wasn't necessarily a perfect time, but I had to make a decision on what do I want? And I will say for me, in my case, I left my job in pan in the pandemic. Um, and so my business really started to take off in the pandemic as it did for a lot of people. Um, and so I ended up having too much work, <laughs> too much work, too much clients wow. where I didn't have time for my job, which is a good problem to have. So at that stage then for me, it was, you know, I remember my coach at the time as well. And we were just like, oh my goodness, what do I do? And she just said, you have to leave your job. You'll have to make a decision. Mm -hmm. And I chose my business over my job and it was really hard, but I, I don't regret it. I think it was the right mm -hmm. decision at that time. Um, it's one of those things where you're thinking there's a quote like what if I fail but it's like oh but what if you fly you know it was one of those decisions and I was like there's already things happening so I'm just gonna let this go and just let's just see where this takes me um and what I have learned is that you know it's never the end of the world I think when you're when you're in a nine to five, I've always been in a nine to five. My, you know, my mum always encouraged us to get a good, stable, solid job and do all those things. Um, it felt really irresponsible, but I can now safely say that you will always be okay. You know, there's always opportunities and always things to, 
support you um, once you make that leap, um, even though it's a scary one, but it is 100%, you know, worth it. Yes, I love that. And what kind of like, what kind of things were you desiring in terms of this additional flexibility and this additional like shift in your lifestyle that you kind of foresee that running a business might be able to give you? I wanted for myself to have freedom over my own schedule like that was the biggest piece you know if I wanted to travel I could do that if I wanted to be at home and have a slow morning I could do that if I needed to be there for my family or my friends I could be there I just wanted a job that would allow me to live my my level of lifestyle because we all have our own lifestyle levels that we're all aspiring to but I also wanted to have freedom over my schedule my I'm a little bit of a night owl um so sometimes in the day my brain is not there <laughs> as much as I will try and force it it's just not working but in the evening I can get work done you know I can sit down and I can just work but you can't do that in a traditional job so there are certain ways that I want to live my life and um certain freedoms that I want to have over myself that a nine to five just doesn't afford you um and also being able to actually tap into other opportunities you know what i have seen is when you do work for yourself there's no rules anymore there's no um constraints over the opportunities you can tap into um the different communities you can connect with and the you know the ways that you can get to know people you do have limitations in a job and so I've been able to meet so many incredible people. I've gone to some fantastic events. I've been a part of some amazing things, including your podcast. And it's just, it's wonderful. I would never have had all of these opportunities if I was working a job. Um, and so for me, it's all about, okay, what, what's really going to allow me, what's going to allow me to be lit up every single day? Um, which is so important, I think, especially when you're working for yourself. You need that. Yeah, I love this. And I really think it, it's really nice to hear you explain that in your own way, because flexibility and freedom, it looks different for different people. And it can be as subtle as, you know, being able to work more in the evenings rather than in the mornings. And unfortunately, culturally, mm. you know, the corporate world's not really that agile yet, even though yeah. it kind of why why not you know what i mean i think i think my one of my one of my things that i absolutely love that i didn't necessarily think of as a driver was actually you know now waking up without an alarm you know this morning i had one because i had an 8am client call but on the whole waking up without an alarm and just feeling completely different in the morning because you wake up just really naturally in a really like light comforting way instead of like nah, nah, nah. <laughs> and then get up oh I've got to get in the shower rush on the tube like all of this stuff and it just really I think allows you to live life in a way that's just a bit more true to how you want to live it oh absolutely absolutely you were speaking my language like 
I didn't realize how much of a rush life was, you know, and yeah. when you were talking through the morning routine, I could just resonate with it, you know, getting up, shower, make sure you're ready, out of the door, then you're in this, I kind of called it the cattle market, you know, it's like everyone's going one direction to the train station, one direction on the tube, all to their offices, I mean, do it all the way, all the same on the way home. And it's just, to me, I'm like, at what point do you spend 10 hours a day and what do you have to show for it for yourself you know for this corporation you've done all these things and and a lot of the time you know sometimes they are impactful things and I'm I'd like to say I've worked some I've um, worked on some impactful projects um but it's not for me it doesn't actually do anything for my life or for myself as opposed to waking up at 9am um and it, it took a while for me to get over the guilt of that. I'm not going to lie. I felt mm-hmm. like I had to be living my life with a certain routine in the beginning. It was very, very strange. And sometimes it's still in my head. I can't lie. It's, um, you know, when you've been in corporate and you've been in that system for a while, um, it is difficult. But now just knowing that, oh, I could go to the gym in the quiet hours where, you know, it's not peak peak time that's wonderful (laughs) um I can go and do my shopping without um you know having to worry about the rush you know the school rush or school traffic and all of these things um some people freedom is not about living this instagrammable high life you know laptop lifestyle sometimes freedom is actually just thinking you know what I can do my work I can work solidly for three hours and then I can sit down and the rest of the day is mine. And that is crazy mm. to me <laughs> that that is actually a normal, normal routine or a normal choice. You know, I can choose to work three to four hours. Um, I can decide that I'm going to have days where I don't speak to anyone on the phone because I don't have to. No more of the team's calls coming through. Um, it's wonderful. <laughs> it's such a... Mm-hmm. It's um, such a, a release, you know, that's the only way I can describe yeah. it. Yeah, thanks for painting that picture. I think everybody listening really will feel what you're saying because I think this is what people are truly craving. Yes, you can see all my pictures being in Bali and whatever, <laughs> but more important is being able to live your life according to, like, just your day, how you want to. So, yeah, yeah I love that. And I would love to understand uh, a little bit more about the very start of your business. So you obviously Mm. launched it when you were still in your corporate job. So how did you find your first few clients? Because I think this is the sticking point that a lot of people have when a business, they know what they want to help people with generally on the whole, but they're like, right, how do I find my first few clients? This feels so overwhelming. Yeah, it's definitely a a big one. And I think that stuck in my head for a very long time in the beginning. Um, It took me, I'd say, about a year to really get my business up and running. Um, And that was down to really just knowing what do I want to focus on? And if I'm being honest, actually having the confidence to go for what I really wanted to do um, and how I wanted to run my business. So when I first launched, I actually launched with some VA packages. Um, I thought I was going to do more executive um, assistant as a VA um, assistant work. Um, and then I decided, well, let me narrow those skills down to digital marketing services. 
Um, but I always had on the side this systems offer, um, which was like my my first system setup package. And that's what I really wanted to do. But I was nervous about it. I didn't really know. I didn't know anyone that was doing something like that. So I didn't know if it was a thing. But I knew a lot of people offering digital marketing and email marketing services and virtual assistant services. So I felt like that would be the safe option. And I, I signed my first client through Instagram. Literally, I started putting posts up. Yeah, um, it was a day when the Instagram reach was was reaching. <laughs> um, put a post up. Someone found me, and um, she became my first client, my first retainer client. And um, we worked together for I'd say a couple of months, not too long. Um, but it was a great confidence booster for myself to just know that okay, there's people who need what I do. But the service that I was doing for her wasn't really what I wanted to do. So um, I actually spoke with a coach and she encouraged me. She just said, look, you need to get rid of all of this stuff that you don't enjoy. Even if you can do it, it's not what you want to do. This systems package over here, this is what you're going to do. This is your bread and butter. Um, so we increased the price and changed up a couple of things in my Instagram bio and literally I just started talking about it on Instagram I went on stories I posted um I gave my package a name um and I started to book my clients that way so Instagram was the predominantly was my predominant lead referral um machine so I didn't have a website I didn't have an email list um I didn't my network didn't know about this system that I was trying to share. So really I was starting pretty much from ground zero. Um, I was just warming up a very cold audience. Um, but it, it worked, you know, the more that I shared my knowledge, people started to notice, they started to share me with others. Um, and so I started to get more referrals. Um, and I had some easy entry offers as well so one of the things that I did do I actually put out and I put out on Facebook groups um that I was offering a free audit so people could literally just sign up and I would audit you know up to a certain amount I think I did up to five or ten or something like that um but if anyone wanted to continue to work with me then they could and it gave me you know great access to you know, hot leads, so to speak, but people who I could potentially work with in the future, then or there. Um, I also got clients through group programs, um, which can happen as well. Um, and it's happened throughout my business, to be fair. So um, I joined a coaching program. <laughs> Actually, the lady who was running the program, she hired me into her business, which was great. Um, and she obviously was a great referral. Um, so she referred business my way. Um, and just clients. Once you get your first one or two great clients and you build a really great relationship with those people, they will happily refer you. And I found that, you know, even my first clients, I'm still in touch with them. And if you can build a really great relationships through doing a great service um, and just being who you say you're going to be, doing what you say you're going to do. So they have really helped as well. Just connecting, having conversations with people, um, that also helped. And so, yeah, if you're great at what you do and you're passionate about what you do, people want to celebrate you. And I 
would never have known that if I hadn't taken the leaps to say, right, this is what I'm going to focus on and I'm just going to talk about it. I didn't know what was going to come from it. I just said, I'm just going to talk about it. Um, and that's the biggest thing. It's just making yourself visible. Yeah, I love that. And that leads me on really nicely because I was going to ask you about the confidence phase because I think so many people can uh, relate to what you were saying about actually what's stopping them is getting the confidence. And I mean, this is something that I help a lot of clients through as well. But I think there's this shift between an, an identity of being feeling like an employee and you have to really step into a different identity. So I'm curious how you managed to get to the point where you felt confident enough to show up um, and, you know, show up visibly so that you could attract those clients in were there any tools was there anything you could put your finger on that really was the pivotal thing that helped you get that confidence yeah I love that for me um because I'd been in business for quite some time the biggest piece that I had to gain confidence in wasn't necessarily the marketing piece you know posting on Instagram all of that I could do however I, in my wedding business, in my stationary business, I was not the face of that business. Um, and it was the confidence of actually showing up as the face of my business. And what really did petrify me was actually people knowing who I am, <laughs> people seeing my face and saying, oh, that's Nicola. Um, that was scary. Um, that was really scary. Um, and yeah, putting my face out to the world, you know, sharing my voice, um, that was that definitely took some time I think it just came with practice so I didn't dive into the deep end in doing things that felt uncomfortable for me um once I knew the type of business I was trying to grow I started to put posts out um and then I would create I'd take pictures so I would take pictures in my in my office um and they were like my new brand pictures and I would just turn those into like quotes at the time Instagram you could you know that was the thing on Instagram. Um, and that was okay for me. And then the next stage of confidence was having the confidence to say, this is really what I want to do. And feeling like I had the skills to do it. But the service that I wanted to del deliver is exactly what I'd been able to achieve for myself. So I knew I had already been able to get a result and I could get that result with others. Just a quick pause as I would like you to imagine if you could build a business that allowed you to quit your corporate job. A business where the mission gave you purpose, passion and fulfillment every single day. Where the business model is structured intentionally so that you have the freedom to work from anywhere in places like Bali and travel the world whilst earning an unlimited income. You're in luck because applications are open for my 12-week signature business accelerator program, Launch Academy. It's designed to help you launch your own online business and it's the course I wished I had when I left corporate. We'll be covering things like your why, getting to know your values, so that the foundations of your business idea are actually able to light you up in life. We'll be going into things like confidence, sales mindset, money mindset, building resilience as an entrepreneur, stepping into that new identity, which really is a complete flip of the one that we have in corporate. 
We'll also be diving into business models, growing your audience, launch strategy, and so much more so that you'll be able to launch your business by the end of our 90 days together. It's a group container, so you'll be with a group of other high-achieving women all doing the same thing, all ready to support you and cheer you on and even collaborate. So if you dream of starting an online business and quitting your nine-to-five, if you've been inspired by the podcast and you know deep down that you were meant for more but you're feeling overwhelmed and you don't know where to start, you're struggling with confidence and you're just scared of jumping out of your comfort zone and your corporate identity. Perhaps you have a bit of imposter syndrome and you're just thinking things like, am I wired to be an entrepreneur? I'm here to tell you that yes, you are. I thought all of these things too. And I will support and guide you from concept right the way through to launch along with the other women in Launch Academy. So to apply, tap the link in the show notes and fill out the application form. I personally review every single one and I will respond within 48 hours with the outcome. It's application because I am very protective of the energy inside the container. So if you're accepted, the next step is to make the investment through my secure payment link and your spot is saved to start next month with an incredible group of other female entrepreneurs. Make sure you get your applications in quickly as applications will be closing very soon. So if you want to launch your online business with us in 90 days, tap the application link in the show notes back to the episode so what I really needed was a cheerleader a champion behind me Mm -hmm. so having a mentor made the world a difference um and trying to think the point where I felt that that would be beneficial probably (laughs) I think it was at the time when it was probably six months after I launched and I remember going over these plans and my partner just being like, you know, he was like, you're doing, you've got all these plans, but what's actually happening with the business? And I thought, oh, people are watching. <laughs> people are watching me now and they're wondering what's the progress. So I felt like I need someone who can really help me identify what, where am I stopping myself from making progress? Um, and so I hired a mentor, a coach. And she was the one who helped me to see this is what you need to focus on. And you do have the skill set because I know a lot of people who need help with this. And you will quickly see that once you start showing up as that person. Um, And yeah, watching her, watching her take steps in her business um, watching her on stories, how she was showing up. I started to see how others were showing up. They were doing things like, you know, dancing on stories and all of these things. And I was like, I could never do that. Um, but I could see that there's a way for me to show up in my in my own way, in a way that was comfortable. So I just started one day at a time practicing. It didn't come overnight. It, it really wasn't an overnight thing. Um, I, I'm trying to remember the first time I went live. I think that probably was a little bit after I started um, to have the confidence to go live, which is something that I know petrifies a lot of people. Um, and I would say, you know, in terms of running my business, even at this point, I'm four years in, sometimes I do still have those moments of I need to talk to myself. I don't think you ever get over it. Um, you know, it's like, new levels new devils there's always something there that will make me take pause and just have to realign myself I'm not a hundred percent cured of I'm over all the confidence there are times where I just 
I've gone through my business and I felt like, oh my goodness, I just don't know if this is working. I don't know if I should be doing this. Maybe I should go back to my job. <laughs> um, you know, you have all of these thoughts and it's, um, you then just have to talk to yourself. You know, you have to tap back into your your mindset. You have to readjust. You have to reset. You have to look at why you started, why you're doing this, who it's impacting, what it's for, what's the bigger picture. Um, so it might not be the the tidy rosy answer. Um, you know, you can you build confidence over time, and action is the main thing that has helped me to build confidence. But there's always something bigger, you know, there's always something new and something else that you now have to to push through, um, which, you know, in some ways is good because you're always trying to get out of that comfort zone. Yeah. Yeah, it is a constant pushing the limits of your comfort zone, isn't it? But once you've constant. done it a couple of times, you get the confident, you recognise the feeling and you're like, OK, this feels uneasy but I've done this before, we've moved through it before and we know it gonna sound, it's going to feel familiar, but so the sooner we move through it, I feel like entrepreneurship is just literally that. It is literally, like you, you do, you sort of sit there with yourself and you're like, I've felt this before, but we, we survived. Yeah. We were all good. Sometimes you have to put on your girl boss music and just get on with it. Sometimes yeah. you just have to think, just do it this one time. You'll never have to do this again. And then you, you know, you yeah. lie to yourself. <laughs> yeah, um, exactly. It just is that. <laughs> yeah, definitely. So a question I have that's come up a couple of times as well with clients, a similar situation to the one you were in is that you obviously built a business around systems. This was something you were doing in your corporate job. I, I see some people taking their skills they learned in corporate and creating a business and other people do something completely different. So for the people who are looking to build a business with um, based around what they did in their corporate job, it's, it's so interesting because I see a lot of these people having to pivot to service a slightly different client type to what they were servicing in corporate. Because especially like a lot of people that listen to this podcast are like lawyers or bankers or accountants that work for people like the big four. And so their, their clients aren't necessarily going to be other asset managers, other, exactly. you know, like financial <laughs> companies. So it's it's like shifting to servicing a different client type like now you're servicing other small businesses and more specifically like coaches and agency owners right so how did you like what kind of things did you need to learn and how did you navigate that shift because it can feel so familiar yet so unfamiliar at the same time yeah I love that question do you know what is so interesting is that actually I wouldn't even say it was anything um, too crazy that I needed to learn. It was more, I learned that I had to simplify things because mm. it's very easy when you have a certain skill set and expertise, um, when you are that person who is delivering a service, you find that you can talk very high level. And in corporate, everyone is talking high level. Everybody is talking mm high level because everyone's trying to impress they're trying to show what they know and you know they are the next best thing and they're going to deliver the best solution and I understand that um, I mean when you come into working in our industry you still 
there's a mindfulness that I've had to learn that actually I need to meet my clients where they're at. And sometimes that is literally back to basics. Um, you really have to dumb that down. And that's not because my clients, you know, all of my clients are experts in what they do. Um, but they don't understand necessarily what I'm doing. So I've had to strip back a lot of things and developing steps and a framework where I can easily lead clients through so they can get from A to B, where you can essentially dumb it down and they can just understand it and what the goal is and what we're looking to achieve. That has been the biggest lesson. Um, and just ensuring that they feel they feel confident as well, you know, in what in the service that they've invested in. I don't know if you've ever had this experience, but sometimes you can work with someone and they're so smart that you almost feel a little bit like, mm, I just don't know if you're not talking to me on my level. You're not supporting me on my level. Mm. Um, it can feel a little bit too much. So you you do have to kind of like bring it down a notch. Um, you don't have to, to approach people with the same levels of that you would if you were going in for a big corporate pitch. You know, it's it's different it is different unless those are the type of clients you're you're looking for I mean you know for me I have worked with a lot of creative business businesses you know solo business owners um I've worked with clients who are literally starting out I've worked with clients who they they have their business is their side business um and I've worked with startup agencies and I've worked with more consulting teams and it is different you know at every sort of level so you have to meet the client where they're at which isn't always easy but um I think sometimes you almost have to put that ego aside and just realize that you are here mm -hmm. to serve so what is the best way that you can do that so that they can walk away feeling empowered and actually getting the results that they've been looking for. That's the most important thing. Mm, I love that. I love that you touched on coming up with your own frameworks because mm. there's so much that you will know and the listeners will know, but really it's actually about how you package it in a way that the person can actually consume it and then use it. And okay. there's so many different ways doing that and I just think I mean I found you originally through your YouTube channel I think and yes. you've definitely done such a good job on your YouTube channel of you know you're you're talking about information and systems that loads of people are talking about but you present it in a way that's enjoyable to watch and engaging and you know at a level that for me was useful at the time when I was listening to it so I think that is a really good example of what you're saying so I think for anybody listening it's just trying to understand like what you're saying meeting your clients where you're at like how do I need to explain this at what level and and what kind of methodology can I build around this so that they can actually take it on board as easy as possible? Yeah, absolutely. And thank you for that, Susie. I appreciate that. Um, and I've seen, I love watching women who have come from corporate and seeing how they leverage those skills. And, you know, the biggest thing that I see is that they realise they can have fun. Because in corporate, you know, if you were doing... Um, I don't know, accounting, if you were an accountant, if you were doing marketing or events management, you're doing all of that under the corporate umbrella. And then these women come into their own, building their business, and you start to see creativity. I think a lot of women in corporate who want to start a business, they 
they don't really know the levels of creativity that is inside of them until they start running their business. We, we don't, because you don't see what is possible until you start really looking out for those opportunities. And I've seen incredible offers for very traditional services, you know, for legal contracts and, you know, CFO services and, you know, marketing services. These are all traditional roles in, in the corporate environment. But I've seen some incredibly creative containers that are for specific niches, for specific individuals. And these women are having fun. They're making money. They're living their dream life. They're doing what they were trained to do. But now they get to have fun with it. And that's the beauty yeah. of business. You know, business doesn't have to be stuffy. We see that in corporate, you know, wearing your suits and, you know, all of the things. You can have fun <laughs> when you yeah. run your business. You know, it doesn't have to be this stuffy, you know, overly formal um, arrangement. And the danger is when you do come from corporate, if you are building a business based around what you did in your job, the danger is that you can um, quickly create a, a business that replicates your job, meaning that you go from one nine to five and you essentially give yourself another nine to five. And you don't, that doesn't have to be the option. There's so many ways that you can market and package your services. Um, and once you do that, that's where the time freedom comes into place. That's where you start to build your ideal schedule and lifestyle and do all the things that you've been watching everybody else do, but you start to be able to do that for yourself. And that is big. Yes, I love this. I love this point. I think this creativity that gets unlocked is really what then I I quite often because I laugh quite often I have to go through like a corporate BS culling situation <laughs> with clients messaging and their writing when they first come in which is funny it's like no get rid of the acronyms like get rid of the corporate like spiel. people no don't words. understand <laughs> people won't understand the acronyms <laughs> Funny. Right. So that's been amazing. Really getting to know your story, really getting to know just transition to launching your business. So we are like coming near to the end of the time. So let's squeeze in a little bit about the systems based stuff. So where do we start with this? So I think for for a lot of people, I even think it's just useful to basically define what system means in the context mm -hmm. of entrepreneurship, because I think there's so many things. There's like tech platforms, what system, what platform do I choose? But then there's also like systems by way of processes and getting yeah. things automated. And I think so many people get overwhelmed with this stuff. So yes. what would be your yes. advice for people maybe even mindset wise initially when they start to think about systems in their business yeah that's great i mean just on the high level when we talk about systems to me when i talk about systems in my business i'm talking about tech systems um you know the it tech systems that you would be using on a day-to-day -day basis um but essentially a system is also how you get things done it's the overarching you know you could say ecosystem when we talk about that. How do we get this this thing done in the business? Um, and that is really setting your business up to, I wouldn't say 100% or autopilot, but to work in a very structured way. 
now when I say a lot of that when I say structure and you know when people hear organization they kind of think oh no that just takes me right back to corporate I don't want that I just want ease and flow and I'm like no systems give you ease and flow because we need we do need an element of structure everything we do in our day-to-day life your morning routine is a system your um if you go to the gym and you have your workout routine so that's your system of doing things in the gym um if you are however if you're cooking and following a recipe the recipe is a process these are the step by steps of what you do so that's the difference it's like your process is the step by steps it's the instruction manual the system is the overarching um that takes over everything but tech systems the platforms they are they are the ways that you can start to automate your business they are really where you can start to leverage um a lot of these tools to manage your time to improve the efficiencies to make your business more effective and if you do decide to take on a team they will also be so beneficial for your team as well um so when it start when you are starting out you know i don't believe you have to have overcomplicated systems i don't do subscribe to overcomplicated systems anyway at any stage of business but i do think you should start to think about some um starter systems that can just help you to alleviate some of the the stress that that can come into running a business you know and there are so many different types of tools that you can start to consider and incorporate um into your into how you're working and running your business or growing your business um that can really really support you so that is the main thing and it might be useful to just touch on um like i'll ask you this what are your top three favorite systems to use in business i'll name names so take notes if you're listening (laughs) so my top three um i would definitely recommend if you are going into a service-based business i.e coaching or consulting or delivering done for you services um i would highly recommend first of all getting a system that can support you with your contracts your invoices um your client um communication so a platform like dubsado that is a platform that i've used for absolute years i want to say probably a good eight years eight nine years now um so i've been using that platform since their early days and it has just been amazing because i can automate my um contact forms people can you know send their inquiries through i use it for scheduling um it's got my onboarding workflows all my proposals are there so it just makes my life so much easier so i would highly recommend a platform like dubsado because it will take care of the heavy lifting um it does take a little bit of time to set up but once you're up and running it's worth it um obviously you want to get paid so you will need your payment processing system so that will be the next thing and if you can um stripe again it's very very easy to get going with stripe and obviously you do have some fees to pay so bear that in mind um but it just means that from accounting purposes everything is you know in one platform and i'm off the fan of let's just keep everything where it needs to be um so i am a fan of stripe i know some people you know they use paypal I'm not a massive fan of PayPal, in all honesty, the fees and just the way that they um, manage business and finances. I, yeah, 
um, I'd say go with a platform that would look after you. So that would be my recommendation. Um, and then I would say the next platform, which is one that I specialise in now, um, is ClickUp, which is a project management tool. And I would recommend this now. I didn't start with a project management tool in my business, and I wish I did. <laughs> and I learned about project management tools in the middle and then had to try and reorganise everything I was doing. But the benefit of this is that all of these crazy ideas and the ongoing to-do list that is just going through your minds, the post-it notes that you have scattered everywhere, you get to combine them all in one platform and just keep everything nice and organised. And you don't have to start with this huge, amazing, you know, bells and whistles setup. You can literally just have a space, set up a folder of a list and just have all of your tasks just there start giving yourself due dates start planning out you know what do you need to focus on over the next week or month or the next quarter what does that look like but something that will keep you accountable something that will keep you on track and then when you do start taking on clients you can then use that to help you to keep your client work on track and maybe you work you know you invite your clients into that platform as well so they can also see what's happening um but those high level systems, I mean, there's lots of other tools that I could say right now, you know, what would be needed. But I would say those three, did you say three or five, sorry, um, would be my, they would be my, my top recommendations um, in terms of getting started. Yeah, amazing, much, really, really helpful. And I also use all of those. So I definitely agree with you. And I agree <laughs> with you on the paper too actually so I used yeah. to work in the payments so yeah I don't I don't really uh enjoy how they support smaller businesses yeah um, but yeah thank you that's super helpful for everyone so I think everyone's got some good ideas of systems they can start with um and agree project management tools so 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 important so we are kind of coming up to the last five minutes so in the last five minutes i normally do a quick fire round so it's just three quick questions so are you ready nicola i'm ready hit me with it <laughs> actually no let's just stop and just um i just want to ask you is there anything else you want to say on systems before we move to the quick around any kind of last closing comments for people oh fabulous okay yes i will share this i think with systems it's very easy to dive in and you can get overwhelmed very very quickly very very easily so my number one recommendation with any system if you are looking to implement new tools into the business First of all, just have in mind what the goal is for using that tool and what purpose it's going to serve in your business. Um, so understanding what the process is that you're trying to build out, map out those steps and look at the tools that can best support that process. Instead of, you know, trying to use all of these different tools and having an overcomplicated tech stack and you're paying a lot of money, do your research first, understand your process and look for the tools that can best support that because you will most likely find tools that could um, do the bulk of the heavy lifting. They may not be 100% all-in-one tools, but then you can start to build out a really complementary and streamlined tech stack. Um, so I'd say start simple, 
do your research and then implement as needed and um, and then you can always refine and optimize as you go and that's absolutely fine as well so um, that's also the other thing that I would share. Yeah that's so important I'm really glad you said that actually because people can really get into this sort of obsessive mode of like needing to automate absolutely everything but mm. really it's iterative right and sometimes you do need to get used to the shitty process to know what to automate exactly <laughs> you can be automating the wrong things and then you have to go back yeah. and undo all of it and you know i've seen it so many times and i've also seen the other scale when people are trying to do 100 percent automation i don't believe in 100 percent automation because at some points there are going to be manual touch points. There are going to be manual communications or someone has to manage it. But um, the way that I see it is that you, the systems run the business, but the people run the systems. So if you can think of it that way and automation, just, um, you know, the 80-20 rule, trying to automate 80% of your process, but there's 20% manual touch points, that's fine as well. So um, I know some people get frustrated when they're like, why can't I automate everything? And it just doesn't always happen, unfortunately. So it's it's just being realistic. It definitely is being realistic. Yeah, totally, totally agree. Um, okay, so quick fire round. Quick <laughs> I'm fire. Gonna <laughs> I'm just going to switch. So, yeah, go for it. Sorry about that. Good. <laughs> That's all right. Ready? I'm ready. Let's go. Okay, so the first question is, how, how did you get your first five clients? So I know we went through your first one, but how did that continue? Like, How did you get cool. your first five? Okay, first five, um, selling on Instagram, um, referrals. Yeah, selling on Instagram and referrals. That is literally it. <laughs> amazing, amazing. And what is your biggest tip for um, getting over fear in business? just do it like literally the thing that you're scared of just do it because nine times out of ten once you do it the worst never happens and I've seen that so many times and you kick yourself and think I thought this was going to happen and it doesn't so just do it yes I love that and my last question is something that I stole from the diary of the CEO podcast where he takes a question from the previous guest oh. so your question from the previous guest is what is a book that changed your life oh that's a good one um i would say it's a book called abundance now by lisa nichols and she's like she's like my go-to life mentor um absolutely fabulous woman um, her story is incredible for anyone who's not heard of her. Lisa um, Nichols, N-I-C-H-O-L-S. Um, but Abundance Now, it's really her journey and how she gained abundance in her life. But also it's like self-coaching for you to really feel gratitude with you, where you're at in your life right now. Um, because to live your greater life, you need to you need to be grateful with what you've got right now. Um, and you need to feel that abundance now for the things that are to come. Um, it's a fabulous book, absolutely fabulous. Um, so yeah, highly recommend it, highly. Um, that was probably my first personal development book. Yeah. Wow, 
Well, I haven't actually heard of that one, so I'll have to add that to my list. <laughs> Check then, it out. You won't be disappointed. <laughs> yeah. Well, thank you, Nicola. That's been absolutely incredible. You shared so much wisdom. Where can the listeners find you and connect with you? And I'll put all the links in the show notes. Fab. Yeah, thank you so much for having me. Um, so you can come and find me on Instagram at Ms. MS Nicola Melinda. Um, so you can come and find me on Instagram. I do have a YouTube channel, which you mentioned, Susie. Um, so She Talks Systems. And on that channel is where I share about uh, ClickUp and Absado and how you can use um, those tools in your business. I have a Facebook community as well, She Talk Systems. So if you want to come and hang out there, um, you are more than welcome to. So come and find me in any of those three places. Amazing. Well, thank you so much for giving your time today, Nicola, and sharing so much value with everyone. Oh, thank you so much. And no, I would appreciate being here. It's been a great conversation. Thank you for having me, Susie. I would like you to imagine if you could build a business that allowed you to quit your corporate job. A business where the mission gave you purpose, passion and fulfillment every single day. Where the business model is structured intentionally so that you have the freedom to work from anywhere in places like Bali and travel the world whilst earning an unlimited income. You're in luck because applications are open for my 12-week signature business accelerator program, Launch Academy. It's designed to help you launch your own online business and it's the course I wished I had when I left corporate. We'll be covering things like your why, getting to know your values so that the foundations of your business idea are actually able to light you up in life. We'll be going into things like confidence, sales mindset, money mindset, building resilience as an entrepreneur, stepping into that new identity, which really is a complete flip of the one that we have in corporate. We'll also be diving into business models, growing your audience, launch strategy, and so much more so that you'll be able to launch your business by the end of our 90 days together. It's a group container, so you'll be with a group of other high-achieving women all doing the same thing, all ready to support you and cheer you on and even collaborate. So if you dream of starting an online business and quitting your nine-to-five, if you've been inspired by the podcast and you know deep down that you were meant for more, but you're feeling overwhelmed and you don't know where to start, you're struggling with confidence and you're just scared of jumping out of your comfort zone and your corporate identity. Perhaps you have a bit of imposter syndrome and you're just thinking things like, am I wired to be an entrepreneur? I'm here to tell you that yes, you are. I thought all of these things too. And I will support and guide you from concept right the way through to launch along with the other women in Launch Academy. So to apply, tap the link in the show notes and fill out the application form. I personally review every single one and I will respond within 48 hours with the outcome. It's application because I am very protective of the energy inside the container. So if you're accepted, the next step is to make the investment through my secure payment link and your spot is saved to start next month with an incredible group of other female entrepreneurs. Make sure you get your applications in quickly as applications will be closing very soon. So if you want to launch your online business with us in 90 days, tap the application link in the show notes.